Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the OrthoBullets podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of patellofemoral joint found under the knee and sports section at orthobullets.com. Let's begin with the general overview. Remember that the patellofemoral joint is a biomechanically complex articulation between the patella and the distal femoral condyles. Clinical conditions that are associated with this joint include trauma, which may result in patellar dislocation, fracture, patellar tendon rupture, quadriceps tendon rupture, and OCD lesions. Other associated clinical conditions include chondromalacia patelli, patellofemoral joint arthritis, and patellar instability. Now let's review some anatomy. In terms of osseous anatomy to remember, remember that the bony constraint of the patella within the trochlear groove is the intracondylar groove. And also remember that the diameter of the lateral femoral condyle is greater than the medial femoral condyle. And the bony constraint of the groove is the primary constraint to lateral patellar instability when the knee is flexed beyond 30 degrees. Ligaments provide static stability of the patella within the trochlear groove. The medial patellofemoral ligament, or MPFL, originates from the adductor tubercle and it inserts onto the superomedial border of the patella. Remember that this is the primary constraint to lateral patellar instability when the knee is flexed between 0 to 20 degrees. Other ligaments to remember include the patellotibial ligament and the retinaculum. Muscles provide dynamic stability of the patella within the trochlear groove. The vastus medialis is the medial restraint to lateral translation, and the vastus lateralis is the lateral restraint to medial translation. In terms of the tendons, remember that the angular difference between the quadriceps tendon insertion and the patellar tendon insertion creates a valgus axis, referred to as the Q-angle. This creates a laterally directed force across the patellofemoral joint, and this leads to increased contact pressures in the lateral patellar facet between 40 to 90 degrees of flexion. And in terms of the blood supply to this joint, blood supply is provided by the superior medial and lateral genicular arteries, inferior medial and lateral genicular arteries, anterior genicular artery, and the descending genicular artery. Now let's discuss some biomechanics. Remember that the function of this joint is to transmit tensile forces generated by the quadriceps to the patellar tendon, and it also increases the lever arm of the extensor mechanism. Remember that a patellectomy decreases extension force by 30%. Also remember that the patellofemoral joint reaction forces are up to 7 times the body weight with squatting and 2 to 3 times the body weight when descending stairs. In terms of motion, remember that this is a sliding articulation, so the patella moves caudally during flexion and maximum contact between the femur and the patella is at around 45 degrees of flexion. In terms of stability, there are passive restraints to lateral subluxation, such as the medial patellofemoral ligament, which is the primary passive restraint to lateral translation in 20 degrees of flexion, and it provides 60% of total restraining force. There's also the medial patellomeniscal ligament, which provides 13% of total restraining force, and the medial retinaculum, which provides about 10% of total restraining force. Dynamic restraints include the quadriceps muscles, and the Q angle is once again defined as the angle between a line drawn from the anterior superior iliac spine to the middle of the patella and another line drawn from the tibial tuberosity to the middle of the patella. A normal Q angle in males is about 13 degrees and in females is about 18 degrees. In terms of imaging, recommended radiographs include AP, lateral, and axial views of the knee. Specific findings on AP may include joint alignment, fracture, and knee arthritis. On lateral views of the knee, one may note patella alta versus baja, femoral condyle dysplasia, arthritis, and transverse patellar fractures. On axial views, one may note patellar malalignment, 
trochlear groove depth, arthritis, and vertical patellar fractures. Specific measurements that can be obtained on radiographs include patellar height, such as the insole salvati ratio, the lateral patellofemoral angle, remember that the normal is an angle that opens laterally, and the congruence angle, which is normally about negative 6 degrees. CT is indicated for better visualization of the patellofemoral joint alignment and for fractures. This may also help to evaluate the trochlear geometry and the TT to TG distance. And finally, MRI is indicated as the best modality to assess for articular cartilage. Remember that a T2 sequence is the best sequence to assess cartilage. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to patellofemoral joint, let's walk through a question to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For this question, consider the following clinical scenario. You are asked to give a lecture about patellar instability at a local athletic training seminar. You begin by discussing relevant knee anatomy, including the patellofemoral joint. Which of the following is true regarding the biomechanic function of the patellofemoral joint? And the answer choices are, choice one, patellar and trochlear articulation is the primary constraint of patellofemoral joint between zero to 30 degrees of flexion. Choice two, the vastus medialis is the primary constraint to lateral patellar translation as the patella enters the trochlear groove near extension. Choice three, the patellofemoral forces are highest with increasing degrees of knee extension. Choice four, contact pressures are higher in the distal patella with increasing degrees of flexion. Or choice five, a higher Q angle causes increased lateral patellofemoral contact pressures between 40 and 90 degrees of flexion. The best answer to this question is, Choice 5. Higher Q angle causes increased lateral patellofemoral contact pressures between 40 and 90 degrees. As the knee moves from full extension to flexion, patellofemoral joint contact pressures increase. An increased Q angle causes a laterally directed force across the patellofemoral joint that further increases pressures in the lateral patellofemoral joint specifically. Patellofemoral joint biomechanics play an important role in supporting the stability of the patellofemoral joint during knee range of motion. Contact forces through the patellofemoral joint are some of the highest in the body. The medial patellofemoral ligament, or MPFL, is the primary restraint to lateral translation from 0 to 20 degrees up to the point where the maximum bony contact is achieved between the patella and the trochlea around 45 degrees. Contact pressures continue to increase with flexion up to about 90 degrees, and they can reach up to 7 times of body weight with squatting. In cases where a higher Q angle is present in the lower extremity, the lateral vector of pull is increased through the patella. This has been noted to be most pronounced between 40 and 90 degrees of flexion. The publication by Ramapa et al. examined the effects of medialization and anteromedialization osteotomies on patellofemoral kinematics in cadavers. They noted that compared to normal knees, increased Q angles increased the contact pressures in the lateral facet, which were able to partially be corrected by both osteotomy types. They concluded that both osteotomies were similar in their ability to correct abnormal patellofemoral biomechanics with increased Q angles. The publication by Huberti et al. evaluated the changes in patellofemoral contact pressures at different degrees of flexion and different Q angles. They noted that during quote-unquote normal patellofemoral motion, contact pressures were evenly distributed between the medial and lateral patellar facets, with maximum forces being seen at 90 degrees of flexion, decreasing to about one-third of the force by 130 degrees of flexion. They also concluded that 10 degree increases in Q angle increased the peak pressures during flexion, particularly in the lateral facet. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. 
Choice 1. The MPFL is the primary restraint to lateral patellar translation from 0 to 20 degrees. Bony stability becomes more important after this point. Choice 2. While the vastus medialis is a dynamic stabilizer, the MPFL provides the primary constraint to lateral patellar translation between 0 to 20 degrees of flexion as the patella enters the trochlear groove. Choice 3. Patellofemoral contact forces are highest at about 90 degrees of flexion, not full extension. Choice 4. Contact pressures are typically higher in the proximal patella as the knee reaches deeper degrees of flexion based on the fact that the patella glides inferiorly with knee flexion. That's all for this review about patellofemoral joint. We hope that was helpful. This is the OrthoBullets podcast, a daily audio review session from OrthoBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for orthopedic surgery education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on orthobullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the OrthoBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the OrthoBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the OrthoBullets podcast.